Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we got David Palmbach in the studio. He did show up. Hey, David. Hey. Nice to be here. <laughs> good morning. Bring, your, bring the microphone right up to you. This is one thing I didn't talk about. We were so excited. We started talking about cybersecurity instantly as you walked in. But you got to literally have the microphone right on Got you. it. All right. <laughs> so David's from the CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. That's correct. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Off to a good start. Off to a good start. And so, David, this agency is brand new. It's been put, it was put together in 2018 under the Trump administration. Um, what was the reason they decided to do this? Why? Why do we need a cybersecurity infrastructure security agency? Yeah, great question. You know, so cybersecurity is just becoming an increasing threat. Uh, it's not going anywhere. It's a huge problem for for our country and our private citizens. Uh, you know, so to have an agency that's designed specifically to combat that and really just identify risk, reduce risk, uh, and really partner with our critical infrastructure partners, uh, that's really our, our primary mission here. We're America's cyber defense agency. And that's to me, I found that interesting in that I always thought of the FBI and the CIA, the NSA, all these other yeah. agencies as kind of being part of that. But then the more you think about it, they were kind of coming at it after the breaches happened and saying, hey, by the way, we found this issue, right? You guys are proactive. Yeah, very much so. You know, vast majority of our resources are what we call left of boom, right? We're, we're trying to prevent incidents from happening. We're boom being to, explode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. so NSA has their mission. FBI has their mission. Our mission is very different. Uh, you know, we're really on the, the mitigation side, the risk management side, uh, again, trying to just drive down that risk, make sure that impact doesn't happen, cyber attacks don't happen, and, and more importantly, when they do happen, uh, you know, the business can keep running, especially with our critical infrastructure, that's very important. Uh, you know, cyber attacks are inevitable. Uh, we want to make sure that they're able to to withstand that and, and continue to operate. And the inevitability is the key to, for you guys to understand. It's, they, there are more of bad guys out there, and they're using automation to come at us um, than you can imagine. I mean, it's simply emails, phishing scams. Um, if your system isn't protected, and you, the thing is, you don't know if it's protected or not. That's the question, right, David? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so protection's difficult, right? There's a lot that goes into it. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges we have is uh, what we call target-rich, resource-poor organizations, meaning, yeah. uh, you know, they're they're easy targets. They're good targets to go after, but they just don't have the the money, the funding, the expertise to, to properly protect themselves. So that's one of the biggest challenges we have right now. Right. And so what you guys are going to do then is show those those big targets 
where their where their weaknesses are because the the CISA will actually do I, I put it in quotes all the time because <laughs> I'm a fiscal conservative free <laughs> assessments right you'll come out and f- for free go through their systems both their cybersecurity and their physical security. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, name starts with cybersecurity, but we do have a physical security mission as well yeah. uh, and an emergency communications mission. So there's a lot more to CISA and a lot more that goes into protecting critical infrastructure than, than just cybersecurity. You know, in those two missions, they're, they're very married up. You know, mm-hmm. we need to have physical security and cybersecurity at the same time. They have to come hand in hand. Right. And so these assessments that you do, I mean, in our world of assessments, I mean, we're, we're always working to help guys get become NIST compliant, CMMC compliant. These are all compliances that help the the company sh- show or demonstrate that they are trying to become um, more cyber secure. And uh, even in Connecticut, there's a safe harbor that the legislature somehow came up with on their own um, to say that if you're doing NIST compliance and you or you're at least NIST compliant or working on it and you have a breach, you'll have some sort of safe harbor from uh the cost that could happen if if, uh, some, if some of the data gets out. So it's kind of a forward-thinking thing. But your assessments, you know, there's there's the easy levels of assessments, and then there's the more in-depth, and you'll do all you'll do soup to nuts, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you know, uh, our big push right now is is actually not doing the the big hefty assessments. You know, what we're really focused on is the basics. Yeah. Uh, so it's something called our cyber performance goals, our CPGs. Yeah. Uh, and basically, we tried to boil cybersecurity down to 38 really critical practices, and those are things we want to see every organization doing. Doesn't matter your size, doesn't matter what industry you're in. Uh, they're general generic things that are, are really impactful and important. So we want to see organizations hitting the basics first, uh, getting really good at those, you know, and that's when we can start to move on to some of the more hefty frameworks like right. NIST, like you mentioned. So, But NIST is your stuff. NIST is absolutely. from the federal government. Yep, yep. And the 38, I assume, would map over to the NIST compliance. They do. So all of our assessments map back to NIST cybersecurity framework. Yep. And that's exactly what you want. <laughs> absolutely. So when you, so the other aspect of what this, these guys do is that when they do these assessments, I mean, you don't want to be embarrassed, right? And have them find out that, oh my goodness, you know, you wide gaping holes in your cybersecurity. And this is a federal agency that has come in and shown you this thing. Um, if they do find these types of problems with your business, you can rest assured that the, that information is not going to be foiable. So you're not going to have some, you know, reporter knocking on your door as to, hey, the CISA found this about you guys. What do you have to say? That's not going to happen. Um, that's That's important. Correct. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, we take the the privacy of that data, you know, very seriously. We don't share any information out without written and agreed consent. Um, right. You know, we we try to work with our partners, you know, the best we can, and and obviously we have to to protect their identities, right? What's most important is identifying those vulnerabilities, right, and then providing those resources to to get them back up and operational. Right. And then the other thing too, you talked also about incident response when when you and I had met with you a while back. Um, you guys actually show because uh, it's inevitable that you're going to have the incident. Uh, how how can companies respond and organizations respond? You kind of help them with that framework. Yeah, so we have a lot of resources for for how to properly respond to to cyber incidents. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the the things I like to really harp on is is the business continuity planning, right? right. So just make again making sure the business is going to continue to function, and that's really really important for our critical infrastructure. Um, there's a lot of sophisticated adversaries out there, right? It's the, it's an odds game. You're never going to reduce risk, or, or you're never going to get rid of risk. You can reduce it, right? right? So so we got to be prepared for when we do get hit, uh, and really make sure that you know the business itself can continue to operate, uh, especially for critical infrastructure. Now, for the 38 things, the 38 key thing, it's a lot of things. I mean, we're not going to go through all 38, but of the 38, what do you mean? I mean try to in layman's terms so that the audience can understand it. But there's plenty of owners of businesses out there that, you know, they think they they have antivirus and they're safe. 
Um, what are the 38 things uh, of those 38 things? What are, you, what are you seeing it really needs to be focused on now? Yeah, well, so first and foremost, the, the cyber performance goals are on our website. Um, yeah. So definitely go take a we'll look. There's, a there's a lot of great stuff there for them. Um, you know, I see it all over the place. Every organization really is different. Um, yeah. You know, some organizations are great with their policy and their planning and they have leadership buy-in. Um, you know, others have all the tools in the world, but they don't have the policy or, or the people to run those tools. Um, so it, it really does vary greatly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the things I think is, is important would be asset management. It's actually the first cyber performance goal, right? Yeah, uh, knowing what you have. Exactly. They skip right over that step. They just start buying tools. They just start protecting, uh, you know, long before they understand what they have and, and what's the most critical to their organization. So that's so let's, let's try to talk about that a little more. So asset, right? You need to know what you have in your infrastructure so that you can protect it. And we can use the example of LastPass, where those guys got breached because the engineer in his own home had not updated an asset, a stupid Plex <laughs> server, and the bad guys got through the Plex server into the LastPass system, and then, of course, all your passwords are made available, in a nutshell. Um, so the fact that they didn't even consider that as a risk, that's an asset out there, mm -hmm. same problem. Now, in your own companies, you've got uh, cameras, you've got phone systems, you've got all sorts of things that are not computers, but are assets that need to be protected and are vectors that people use to get in, right? Yeah, you know, we actually take asset management one step further. We actually include people as an asset. Of course. Um, oh, they're know, the, actually, yeah. they're the worst. I should. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, well, yeah. especially in critical infrastructure, right? A lot of these, um, you know, industrial control systems, their downtime procedures are manual operation. They go way back in time, and you have an engineer manually operating this, right? right. If that's your Turning single point valves. of failure, though, yeah. and that one engineer is gone, they retired, they're on vacation, and you need to go to your downtime procedure, uh, all of a sudden you can't operate, right? right? So it's really important to consider the people that are actually using your technology and making it run. Technology is great, it doesn't do anything unless there's a person running it. That's a big one, really, because if you think, if it, it's always Murphy, right? He's always, you've got all this, you got, you've figured out all your assets, you've figured out all your people, and then something you didn't expect, like COVID comes along, right? And everyone shuts down. So. Trying to figure out what a what the disaster is, and then how to mitigate that disaster, and then figure out the assets required, and this is just step one. Yeah, it's a it's so it's a big <laughs> first step. But asset management, you know, I like to think of it as the foundation of the house, right? Yeah. Once you understand everything you have, you understand what's critical. Um, then you start to build up the other programs. Then you understand how you can respond. You understand how you have to control your network. Um, that's really the key foundation, which is why it's the first thing on the cyber performance goals. Uh, if you miss that, it's going to be hard to do patch management. It's going to be hard to do all these other things uh, if you don't know what you're protecting. Now, of course, zero trust is a big thing that is out there. And that's another very, very heavy lift um, for a lot of companies because zero trust has to do then with access to assets, access to software, limiting software's access to resources on the system. So like a QuickBooks program only looks at the QuickBooks file, not being able to look at Word documents. Why does QuickBooks need to look at a Word document so the bad guy can then, or Excel spreadsheet? You know, the, you need to literally start looking at zero trust of everything, and then of course your people. And I know that's what the White House has recently put out. Uh, the shields up, right? I think is their thing. Yeah. Oh, so hey, I'm glad you mentioned it. So listen, it's cybersecurity awareness. I'm a geek, month, right? Yeah. It's, it's the twentieth one. We couldn't we couldn't go and do this without doing something special, right? So uh, secure our world is our big new initiative, uh, yeah. and and really what we try to do again is is just boil it down to the simple things. We're giving everyone four key things to do, uh, and really this applies to private citizens as well, right? So multi-factor authentication, have to do it for all you your accounts. You gotta do it. You yeah. have to do it, right? Strong passwords, 
A lot of people reuse passwords. Okay, yeah, I understand yeah. you have a ton of passwords. Get a password manager. Right, it's going to help you out. A password manager you can trust. In a password manager. <laughs> yeah, you can as long trust. as it's not LastPass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patch management. Um, another big one. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, your your mobile device. That's top of mind. Your computer, but also your home router. Um, I think yeah. that one's a little bit more technical for people. A little bit more challenging. Yeah. Um, but there's great guides online. You know, you can watch a five minute YouTube video and, and have it done. Yeah, and also a lot of the consumer uh, routers coming out these days, um, over past two years, they have a self-updating feature, which is great, and that yeah, goes man. back to you know yep. secure by default. You know we, we yeah. want our industry doing their best. You know, um, and then the last ones don't click on phishing emails. Um, kind of easy to say, harder to do right. in practice. <laughs> you know, but uh, a lot of our scams are, are are easy to detect if you just slow down. You know, a lot of our scams are phishing stuff. Uh, works on that sense of urgency. Right. You know, if you can take a breath, uh, especially if you can have a, a loved one or a friend take a second look at this, say, hey, what do you think? Uh, you'll be able to catch a lot of this stuff. So um, Secure Our World is, is our big initiative. Again, on our website, there's great PDFs, there's videos, yeah. um, things you can can use and, and share around. We've had a link to the CIA, CISA website, think, I think, since 2019. Um, just for our usage of the, you had an assessment tool that you made available that we would use um, to help our clients become NIST or CMMC comp- uh, compliant. So it's good information out there. So, But it gets scary, right? It's like what, what, what David just talked about, if this isn't my I'm talking to my wife or I'm talking to a friend who's, I'm compu- I don't know computers, I don't know technology. I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's almost like breathing now. Um, you, you, you don't really have, you really just can't say it anymore that you're not cyber aware or, and, and I, know, I understand people sometimes just don't get it, but this is kind of like, you know, wearing a seatbelt, you know, if you're, if you found yourself through the windshield on the front of your car still, uh, it's because you're not wearing seatbelts. I would think by now you need to know to wear a seatbelt. The same thing is with cyber aware. You need to be more cyber aware. So we're going to step out for a, a quick break here and get back with more with David Palmbach from the CISA here to, to show you, to talk to us about what they're doing and what we can all do to be more cyber secure. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And it's David Palmbach from the CISA here to talk about cybersecurity. It is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And uh, so we were talking about what you can do um, and what and what the CISA can do. So, David, is, you were talking a little bit off air about training, right? Yeah. Yeah, so training training's huge, uh, you know, and, and not training in the sense that we're talking training our IT people, but training our end users. You know, right. the, the vast majority of cyber attacks still come in, uh, you know, with human error, social engineering, phishing, emails. That's the big one, right? right. So uh, training training end users and, and getting what we call your click rate down, the amount of times people are actually clicking on phishing emails, that's probably your best way to upfront reduce risk uh, and drive right. it down. And that click rate, so Tab uses a tool out there. We uh, offer it to our clients that take it. You know, they don't all take it. Um, to do security awareness training, and then to David's point about click rate, right? We actually have show an industry click rate, you know, for a financial planner, for an accountant, for a manufacturer, what your percentage click rate would be, and then where you where you are as you start the program, and hopefully you you get lower and lower and lower as you go through. But the, the David asked the question: Is there a carrot or stick approach to taking the, that training at these companies? Yeah, I've seen it both ways. You yeah. know, I, I've seen, you know, I, I was just at a, a conference the other day and a guy was telling me, um, large organization, and if you don't do your cybersecurity training within three months, you get fired. 
you can't, right? That's the extreme. That is. Big step That's quite a step. Right, you know? But yeah. on, the, on the tail end, I've seen organizations go, go the carrot route, right? So, hey, if you do your cybersecurity training on time and you don't click on any of our phishing emails this year, I'm going to put you in a raffle at the end of the year. You can win a $100 gift card, nice. right? And all of a sudden, people, their mindset changes. Yep. You go from, you know, I don't like IT, I don't want to do these trainings, to you see it come in and you drop what you do and you do the training, you're excited about it, right. uh, you're looking for phishing emails, you know, because there's a carrot at the end, right? right. There's a reward. So um, two, two very different ways of doing it. Each has their pros and cons, but uh, really interesting to see how organizations Im- implement that. And if you're not doing cybersecurity awareness training now for your organization, you, you really need to. Um, yeah. It's not an expensive thing. Uh, it depends on who you go to, but it's not an expensive thing. Um, and it's more expensive to not do it because the issue with IT and cybersecurity is you have to be right 100% of the time. The bad guys only have to be right once. Absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's the biggest door they come in. You know, that's the easiest way to get in. It's a lot easier right. to beat a person uh, than it is to beat a tool, um, just significantly easier. So uh, the other thing I love about the click rate, you know, measuring risk is, is really difficult. Uh, right. It's difficult to put a number on risk and to really see how your efforts are, are changing that over time. So right. having a click rate is awesome, right? Yeah. You get to look at your number one risk and watch how your organization's doing with that over time. Watch that number go down. That's something great that you can give to leadership. Hopefully it goes down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't, then, yeah. you know, at least you know it's it's not working. And, right. and we got to change and we got to adjust, you know. But The other issue is, of course, it seems to be the type of person, right? So, ironically, and again, I don't want to throw everybody under the bus, but t- it tends to be the principles are the organizations that will click like crazy. IT clicks like crazy. Uh, unfortunately... You know, it, it's the leaders that tend to, to not take this as seriously as the rank and file. And because, of course, the rank and file are the ones that are going to get fired. Um, and so to your point about making a carrot or a stick, you know, this is serious stuff. And um, the, the embarrassment of having the IT department give you a, uh, a report card showing the owner of the, of the company or the president of the company who has clicked on three out of the five, you know, simulated tests is also, you know, there you go, sir. Uh, you're gonna, you're really gonna break our company if you keep doing this. Um, it can be tough, so it really needs to be um, accepted by leadership. Two FA is the other, other, the other aspect. Multi-factor authentication. Um, it is defeatable, but pretty hard. Depends on how you implement it, right? right. You know, so uh, we we have this big term we talk about called phishing resistant multi-factor authentication. So our yeah. bad guys got good at bypassing it four or five years ago, right? right. Pretty proficient at this point, you know, yeah. unless you're using the very high end, which is our, our public private key infrastructure, PKI-based stuff. So that's like your smart cards. You know, if you've ever seen uh, like someone in the military with a CAT card, right. or the federal government has their PIV cards, yeah. uh, or like a YubiKey, right? right? Those are the most secure. But here's the problem. They cost a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Very expensive to implement. So yeah. typically what I'll tell organizations is, um, protect what's most critical to you, protect your privilege counts, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you don't need to buy YubiKeys for everyone, maybe just buy it for your IT admins and really put that extra protection on that really critical, really sensitive account. That's, yeah, that's smart. That's really good. I mean, yeah. I got, I've talked about the YubiKey. I got one on my keychain right now. That's mm-hmm. what I use to even get in my system today. Um, so yeah, those they're expensive and they're not expensive. I mean, it's all relative. Back to the cost. I mean, one of the things that David hasn't brought up is the average cost of a cybersecurity incident for most companies. And it's like, what two hundred thousand dollars or something to that effect? I couldn't even give you a number. Um, it's I would probably guess way larger than that. Um, the average. Also, but <clears throat> here's the hard part, right? Yeah. You know, anytime we try to quantify how much losses are for for a company, yeah. um, 
we can do tangible things like, you know, how much did it cost us to recover or repair the systems or, yeah. or literally how much did that wire transfer go out for? The things we can't kind of touch on are uh, those, those lasting effects, right? So the business that you lost, the reputational impact you had, right. um, you know, those are things that, that are really hard to kind of quantify, you know, so it's, it's hard to get a number. In the case of like uh, Caesar's Palace there, uh, they had a $30 million ransom. They were, they were socially engineered. And they uh, talked it down to 15 million, but on top of the insult to injury is that the bad guys also exfiltrated all of the players in Maine. Well, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but if you have, they, they took people that were from Maine somehow that data and uh, took it and exfiltrated it before they ransomed them because they want to get, get paid. So that's the issue that's happening now is if they get in your system, not only are they going to try to ransom you by encrypting everything, they're going to take the data because. If like like our customers, if if you have a good backup, you can go tell the bad guys to pound sand. Um, but if they're in there and they take the data, oh, okay, so you got them back up and running. That's great, but we got all their data and we're going to release it. Um, so they pinky swear if you pay the fifteen million dollar ransom that they won't release it. What have you guys seen of that? Yeah, you know, so this is like the best case of of cat and mouse, you know, yeah. with with cybersecurity offense and defense going back and forth. So ransomware comes out, they start encrypting systems. We start saying have backups. People actually do backups, yes, sir. and then they change, and now right. they're one step ahead of us again, right? And they've they've gone to data exfiltration, and that's almost every ransomware attack. I mean, that's not like a fifty fifty thing. It's almost every ransomware attack. Right. They're stealing data now. Right. Um, you know, as far as the the credibility of these actors, uh, it varies. Um, right. greatly between the actors. Um, some are more credible than others, but um, you're trusting a criminal who just broke into your organization right. uh, and stole your information, right. right? So it's hard. He pinky swears not to get it out there. <laughs> uh, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, a little more about cybersecurity with uh, David Palmbach from the CISA. I was, was, I'm going to get your, your opinion on cryptocurrency and see what you think of that <laughs> when we come back. So stick around, guys. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Everything we talked about is posted over at computertalkwithtab.com. And it'll get there eventually. The little plugin we use is slowed down. Uh, but if you go out to our Facebook page, it's there as well. And if you follow us on Twitter, it'll get there as well. So all the links we talked about today will be there for you. We're going to step out for a quick break. We'll be right back. Right back with David Palmbach from the CISA. Uh, he's part of the Department of Homeland Security, right, David? That's correct. And you're our Connecticut cyber geek. Absolutely. Cybersecurity advisor signed to the state of Connecticut, born and raised here. So love this state. Awesome. So we were talking a little bit about off-air. Off uh, brought up crypto before the break there. And uh, I I brought that up because I figured you'd be like, ah, I hate crypto. It's part of the bane of our existence. And you didn't really go there. But you did talk a little bit about crypto and that it's if you happen to have crypto you're one of the bigger targets like if you're if you happen to dabble in crypto and you got tens of thousands of dollars in there and you've told somebody about it the bad guys are going after them absolutely yeah so you know <laughs> cryptocurrency wow. is is one of uh you know 
scams and, and theft of cryptocurrency are, are some of the biggest financial losses we see related to cyber attacks in the yeah. state of Connecticut, you know, and um, that comes in two flavors, right? There's the scams going after the people that want to invest in crypto, right. uh, but it also comes after, you know, high profile wallet thefts, right? Where they're right. identifying these people that have tons and tons of cryptocurrency in their wallet. Right. Uh, they're doing the social engineering, they're doing the SIM swapping, they're getting access to the wallet. And then once that money's gone, it's not a wire transfer, it's crypto. It's gone. It's gone. You're not getting it back. Your zeros and ones have exited the building. Absolutely, that 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 didn't I didn't think of. And you think about all the marketing that guys like uh, all these celebrities are marketing, the football guys are. So clearly, they're big targets. Absolutely, yeah. especially if you're going out, and you know, it just goes back to the risk reduction, yeah. right? You know, if you want to do it, that's fine, but right. you know, reduce your risk. You know, right. personal and corporate, reduce your risk. You don't walk around with a wad of hundred bills, dollar bills in your back pocket and tells everybody you got them. Nope. Um, all right, and uh, now let's talk a little bit about infrastructure. We, we kind of—I don't think we—I think we touched on it a little bit, but like the water systems that are out there these days, there was this uh, law that was put out uh, by an agency. Uh, I can't remember which agency that then was shot down by the Congress. It said it had to be voted on by the Congress so that these water departments actually can afford to do the fixing and the, and the security and the mandating of these of these systems. But we we're talking off air a little about a bit about. Um, how these agents, how these water departments can plan for that attack, right? They're using SCADA systems. They're using systems that talk to the PCLs or something like that. PLCs. PLCs yep. to to manipulate chemicals that get into our water system. Um, you know, the, the hydrogen monoxide there that gets into our water system and uh, cleans. You know, takes care of the the system. And if they encrypt that, what are they going to do? Yeah, you know, so they're these are very sensitive systems. They're they're very complicated there's a lot going on these are engineers that run these control systems to, to right. run these plants right? right so you know that's always the concern is is they're going to get disrupted and you know one of two things is going to happen either uh a they have downtime procedures right they can go and manually operate these systems right uh, they've hopefully tested what are they going to do if their 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 SCADA systems are encrypted yep uh or b it's they're down Right. And, and that's worst case scenario. We, we cannot have these systems go down. They're critical infrastructure. We call them critical for a reason. Right. right. People need drinking water. That's not something that's negotiable. Not really. uh, they can't wait a week. They can't wait 24 hours. They need that water. So. Right. Um, so what you guys would do is to help you would go in and help these these water systems to do assessments to see how they fall as far as preparedness. Um, and you do a vulnerability scanning, too, for free. Yeah, we do. So our, our vulnerability scanning is um, one of my favorite services we provide. I think it's incredibly valuable. So mm -hmm. it's free external vulnerability scanning. Uh, critical infrastructure partners can sign up. They basically give us whatever IP addresses they want us to scan. We'll do a ton of scans for them, and we just send them a weekly report card. It says, hey, here's here's your misconfigurations. Here's your exposed risky services. Here's your vulnerabilities. Right. Um, a whole really, really great roundup for them. So to put this in context, as far as what I've seen in the in the industry, so you've got a firewall, right? This is your firewall is basically your deadbolt to the internet, all right? And then you're going to give the public IPs of your firewall to the CISA, and the CISA is going to do the scan. Your firewall, by the way, has sixty five thousand some odd ports. I don't know how many exactly, but I, I've, that many ports. And what they're doing is going through and checking to see if those ports are uh, listening, right? Are they responding? And now here's the issue, right? So you you're a water department, right? And you want to bill us, and you need a copier. And you have the copier guys come in, and they plug in a copier. And in order to have the copier managed, a managed service, they have to open a port on your firewall. Mm -hmm. And they ask you for admin rights, or they give, or they, who knows what they do, right? So this 
Copier Geek. I'm not picking on copier companies. Just that they're the first ones that came to mind because guess what? HVAC is just as bad. Um, and they go ahead and connect their device to your system, open a port, make it wide open, and now now this critical scan comes back in, and David's group says, "Hey, you know you got this wide open thing that's sitting here? No, you didn't know, but it's because the copier guys, or the HVAC guys, or the access controls guys, or us, the geeks uh, guys." Uh, left open a port, and that's why you you just can't assume the deadbolt like in your house is thrown. That's easy. This is sixty five thousand of them, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and even just vulnerabilities themselves. You know, we've seen if you look at a chart of vulnerabilities over time, uh, they're just going up and up and up. There's more and more vulnerabilities, more getting exploited before we know about them. Our right. zero days, right? This is a growing problem. Right. Um, you know, a lot of our software is just coming out without security baked into it. It's bolted on afterwards, right? Yeah. And that's that's a whole nother problem, you know. We're we're trying to address um, whole whole guide we have called Secure by Design, Secure by Default. But uh, we really want to see code more secure coming well, out. Well, right. That's what we've talked about here on Computer yeah. Talk forever with Microsoft. I mean, my whole career is really not helping people become more efficient in their businesses. It's really to protect them from their operating system. Yeah, Patch Tuesdays are <laughs> yeah. daunting lately. Now, well, definitely the vulnerability scanning. Just only because it's in the news, Cisco. Uh, we, there's a bunch of vulnerabilities in their firewalls. Um, they were they were seeable, and now we have a story that says the bad guys have actually obfuscated the vulnerability. Have you seen that? Uh, so I, I'm not familiar with that particular instance. I'm familiar with the Cisco vulnerabilities, but yeah. I've absolutely seen that in the past, right, where um, you know big vulnerability comes out, hits the news. All the bad guys are trying to exploit this at right. the same time. So what a lot of them will do is they'll come in, they'll set up shop, they'll close the door behind them, right? They'll patch it, they'll close the hole to make sure no one else comes in because if someone else comes in and finds them, They'll kick them out and claim the territory for themselves. Oh my right? gosh, I didn't even think of that. Wow. I have all the whole time. Yeah. So oh. they use the vulnerability, they get in, set their little foothold, and then close and, the vulnerability then so they, that nobody knows they're there. So our crypto miners <laughs> were actually the the most prominent ones that would do that, right? They're going to IoT devices, all these different devices. A lot of them are using the same vulnerabilities to gain access. If you actually look at their code, one of the first things they do when they get in the door is they look for other crypto miners. They pull them out and then they close the door behind them so no one else can get in. <laughs> Parasites, <laughs> keeping the parasites away from the other. Oh, oh my goodness, that's I, that's. Uh, I there is no that. honor among thieves. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, but so so keep the CISA in mind. So in, 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 and David keeps referencing critical infrastructure, right? But as of now, we all are critical infrastructure, right? You guys, if, if people reach out to you and and say, hey, hey, I've got an IT company, or I've got, I want to see how secure I am for free. You give them the IP, they give you the IP addresses. You do the vulnerability scan, give them a report card, no harm, no foul. Um, Except when they go to their IT company and says, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, right, um, can you fix these things?" Um, you'll do that for free for now. Yep, absolutely. You know, and and uh, I'm glad you brought up the point up. We haven't turned anyone down. I haven't turned anyone down yet for right. business in Connecticut. You know, right. we will prioritize critical infrastructure, right? You know, if, right. if we really get swamped, I'm I'm going to work with the critical infrastructure partner that comes to the door. But if I have free time, by all means, I will help any any small to medium business. Uh, you know, in the state. So leverage, David, is a good thing to ha- that that happens. We also talked a little bit off air about the uh, Colonial Pipeline. Back to that PLC um, scenario where you had said that their infrastructure was not impacted, but they shut it down. Yeah, so their IT network was impacted, but what we call their OT, their operational technology network, was not. Right. Um, they actually shut that down as a precaution, right? And we call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. see that a lot, uh, you know, with our, our critical infrastructure partners, the concern that something might get over that line, might get into that sensitive network. That's the big concern. So right. um, some of them have that consideration. Like if they start having a bad cyber incident, uh, they might consider shutting part of that network down. We had the issue here in Connecticut with ECHN network, the hospital network that hit, like I hit across the entire country. Um, and De- Dennis and I kept asking ourselves, why are these folks all connected? You know, you talk about the, the operating yeah. network should be more air gapped from the IT network. Is there, is there anything that you guys are working on to better separate that church and state so that we're not dealing, so that we're not worrying about operationally at all and just dealing with the, the doctor who might have clicked on a ransom or the or the IT guy at the at the at the ECHN that clicked on the uh, the phishing scheme, Who knows? like related to network segmentation. Yeah, I mean that's part of zero trust, right? <laughs> network segmentation, but yeah. cl- clearly Colonial didn't feel comfortable in their segmentation. <laughs> you know, I I've never been in this situation where I've had to make that call, and I'm glad I've never been. I imagine that's that's a tough call to make. Yeah, um, shut down you your know, entire and, pipeline. And this is one of the reasons why we plan. We plan, we train, we exercise. So, you know, right. when that bad day comes, you can have a lot of confidence in the decision you're going to make. You understand your business. You understand, you know, your thresholds for when you need to do certain things. So this right. goes all the way back to, to that preparing, right? You know, we, we got to plan, we got to train, we got to exercise. That's what's going to really make you resilient. That's what's going to get you ready for, for the bad day. And that's where your assessments come in. That's where you try to show where they stand, where their their operational maturity is when it comes to these these types of things. Um yeah, assessments is only one part, though. You know, so we also have a, a bunch of what we call tabletop exercises. Yeah, good on our website, yep. uh, ready to go off the shelf. These things are free. Uh, yeah. They're fantastic. We have like fifteen different cybersecurity scenarios. You can download one of these, sit down with your organizational leaders, right, and right. and run through one of these bad days, right. And that's when you're going to really find out, you know, hey, what works, what doesn't, you know, what systems broken internally. I've been a part of those types of things, obviously, for our customers, and you would not believe what you see on the customer side of things like you know some of these uh, these tabletop exercises say okay you you've been breached you know, you've been asked to pay a 3 million dollar ransom and some of these guys just say ah oh, let's shut the door we're done oh okay a lot of time that's the answer um, and it's it's because the cost is so high sometimes to deal with prote- protecting yourself from this incident that they're like ah eh, we'll just shut the door so how are we going to mitigate around that? Because $3 million in crypto is a thing that could definitely come after you. And if you're just willing to shut the door, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that kind of comment from 
board members and all sorts of folks of businesses that say, ah, we'll just shut the door. Yeah. That's not much of an exercise. <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, our small to medium businesses, they, they do struggle with that. There's yeah. a number that do close their doors after right. ransomware attacks. It's, right. They're costly. They're expensive. You know, so the, the thing I like to say is <coughs> there's a lot of free tools out there. There's right. a lot of free resources. There's a lot of great information. Uh, right. You just have to know where to go uh, and know what you need to be working on, what's the most important. So, yeah. um, And you guys help prioritize that. And again, for free is key. And, and that makes the most sense. The other issue has been always in the past, where did people go? They didn't really know where to go. And this is a good place to go at the CISA for, for trustworthy, free information. Uh, you guys have a whole GitHub um, area that talks about all the tools that are out there. We do. So we actually, I'm glad you brought up, we actually just released a new tool yesterday. Uh, it's called Logging Made Easy LME. It's mm-hmm. a tool made for centralized log management. Yeah. And now, as you guys know, our small to medium businesses don't do centralized log management. They don't have the money for it in their budget. right? Like so it. now we have a free tool that we can use to address that gap. right? And it's going to be a huge, huge uh benefit, I think, for a lot of organizations in Connecticut that I've worked with. On that topic, though, and that's good. On that topic, though, sometimes the logging, let's say you're working for a Prime or like a a Pratt & Whitney or Lockheed Martin or what have you, and you want to do your logging, trying to find a FIPS-compatible encrypted site to house your logging becomes another barrier to doing that. Because a lot of those, even those tools that are out there, don't have a FIPS-certified encrypted compatible target. Even though it's 256-bit military-grade encryption, it's not FIPS-certified. Can we make that cheaper? There's too much FIPS cost so that folks can have a thing that says, I'm encrypted. Why does it need you know, an act of the federal government to have this be so difficult? It's a big roadblock. You must have heard it. Yeah, a, a tough one, right? You know, Because yeah. at the same time, we got to protect it to a certain standard, right? That's, right. that's, that's very important information. It is. You know, and, and <coughs> you know, we, we need to protect it. Um, yeah. It's a hard balance. I know uh, it is. You know, especially when you get into regulations and—, and you know, trying to hit a bar. It's it's hard. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more uh, more of this discussion on cybersecurity and what David and the CISA can do for us to protect uh, our infrastructure. All right, we are back. Talking cybersecurity, and um, the idea here is you need to be prepared you need to know what you're, what to be prepared for, and these folks over at the CISA can help with that. There's plenty of free tools that are available to you. You can download as a as a company or or any any if you're on, if you're on the board of a water commission like I had been. If I knew th- known this, I would have already had us scanning our IPs back then. I mean, you didn't exist back then, but I would have. Um, you know, that's the key here is knowing this agency exists out there for you, and it doesn't cost you anything, quote unquote. Um, because you can leverage their tools and leverage their expertise. And these assessments are something that many third-party folks do. I mean, you've got whole accounting firms that'll do these assessments and they'll charge an arm and a leg for them. You're doing them for free right now. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things with our small to medium businesses, because they're so strapped on time and resources, is prioritization, right? Yeah. You're, you don't have the time to check all the boxes. You don't have the time to do everything you probably need to do to fully secure your network. Right. So what we have to do is really just take a step back, Right. Find those few things that are going to be the most impactful, drive down risk the most, and then really laser focus in on those. So I think that's probably one of the best benefits to doing assessments, not just with us, but just in general. Doing an assessment every year uh, is is understanding what's the biggest hole, what's the biggest gap that I really need to focus on this year. And they're all within frameworks. So there's so many frameworks out there that you can 
if you can follow a framework, whether it's the FTC, whether it's the HIPAA, whether it's PCI, whether it's uh, CMMC, whether it's CIS, whether it's uh, NIST, uh, there's all these are all these frameworks that are out there. Many of them are overlapping, whether it's SOC 2, for crying out loud. Um, they're all overlapping. So a lot of them have similar requirements. Um, and if you can work with a company or work with, a, uh, work with folks to help you get those assessments in place to actually fit a compliancy, you can be more more formally secure. <laughs> yeah. It won't be as haphazard. So I'll say, you know, uh, we do focus on uh, NIST, right. cybersecurity framework, yep. but we did create a tool that has some other compliance-related assessments in it. So it's called our, our CSET, our Cybersecurity Evaluations Tool, CSET. You yep. can download it, go in there. It has a ton of assessments in there that you can just load up, self-assessment, right. uh, run through it on your own time. Right. Um, so fantastic tool for, again, going in any direction you want. Like yeah. I said, pick a framework. doesn't have to be NIST. doesn't have to be – pick whatever you want and then just just use that and, and use that as a journey to kind of walk down the path. And we've linked that that exact assessment on our site since 2019, at least awesome. 2019. What else should we know about the CISA that I haven't we haven't touched on today that you're, you're chomping at the bit to tell people about? Let's see. Um, <laughs> what, is, what exciting things are happening over there? I mean, obviously, you guys are constantly being trained on these uh, these things. Are you, you guys are briefed on what, what's happening in the world as far as the, I would assume, the methods of vulnerability that are being leveraged. Um, what are, is there anything out there that's new and shockingly, excitingly scary that we have to be pay, pay attention to that we haven't thought of? In a, no. So, you know, <laughs> cybersecurity as a, as a field, it doesn't change – too much, right? There's there's new techniques, there's some new tactics, but right. at the end of the day, um, it's bad guys typically going after people is the weakest link, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of the attacks we see, a lot of the the you know techniques we see, they don't change much year over year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the tools do, some of the resources do, but but the attacks primarily you know stay the same, and and I would guess probably for the foreseeable future, they're they're going to be pretty similar. You're always going to see low level scams. You're always going to get phishing emails by the millions. You're right. always going to have, uh, you know, disruptive attacks. You're always going to have DDoS attacks. A lot of these things are, are just constants. They're just going to stay the same. They might change a little bit here and there, but for right. the most part, um, cybersecurity, cybersecurity, attacks are attacks. And the keys that we, we that David talked about, security awareness training, have your people doing it. Two-factor authentication is a must. Some level of uh, segmentation or zero trust, you need to start working on that um, so that the, your, your your networks are segmented. If one goes down, the other one can keep running. Yeah, and you know, one thing on that topic, you know, something I see a lot is um, actually on on the admin side of things, right? Yeah. It's people not using privileged accounts properly. Oh, my gosh, right? My gosh. So they throw them out like candy. Yeah. You know, the executive leadership has admin rights. You have users that have admin rights. You have the admin rights are everywhere. Right. Um, that's got to stop. Yes, admin rights are only for people that need them. And I do mean need. That's an important word there, not want, need. Right. Right. And then even there, we got to protect our admin accounts. So a lot of people, uh, you know, they're using the same admin account to log in and check their email right. to browse the web. That's got to be a separate account. Right. Um, you got to you got to really segment your non-privileged accounts from your privileged accounts. And, and then even going one step further, um, this one keeps me up at night is a lot of people use domain admin accounts just on workstations. Mm -hmm. You can't do that, no. right? Because now, all of a sudden, a bad guy gets into that machine. 
you just gave him the keys to the kingdom. He's got domain admin. It's over before it even started. Right. right? They, they could travel the whole network. You're doing yourself a disservice, right? That's you. Domain admin is for the domain. It's not right. for workstation. And even local so even admin, right? You can't use local admin accounts and use the same username and password on all the local admin accounts. And that's mm-hmm. everywhere as well, right? right? You know, if you use the same password for your local admin on one computer, again, they get in. Once they learn that one password, right. they now have admin rights to every computer in your network. You're handing them the keys to the kingdom, you know? So I think... <coughs> making these layers um, goes a long ways. And, and, you know, what we've seen with a lot of these, you know, breaches where we get on the back end of a command and control server for a big cyber criminal group is they have thousands of compromised mm-hmm. entities. It's a huge list. Right. They're just waiting to go after them when they have some time. And they're, well, they're working through it, right? Yeah. You know, but if, if you get someone that goes hands on keyboard on your network and, and they can't elevate their privileges and they can't move around and you have things segmented, uh, how much time are they really going to spend before they're just going to move on to the next one that's the not as secure, one, right. right? You know, so you really, really can protect yourself just mm-hmm. by by strengthening your internal network, putting those extra controls in place. Uh, you'd be surprised what a deterrence that is when someone that's used to walking all over a network gets in there and they hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Right. There's a good chance they might just pick up and move on. And congrats, you just avoided a ransomware attack. That's a good point, adding, putting all those barriers in place. So, David... Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning of Computer Talk with Tab. It's great to have you. Um, we'll we'll stay in touch. Have you on again? Yeah. Keep keep uh, keep Connecticut more more secure. Uh, if folks want to reach you, how do they do that? Yeah. So you can go to our website. Um, if you go to our website and look up CISA Region One, I'm in Region One, which is New England. Mm-hmm. Um, our main inbox is right there. Uh, main email inbox for CISA Region One. Send them an email. Um, let them know whatever your needs are, and and uh, they'll contact me, and you know we'll we'll provide that service if we can. And definitely do it. I mean, again, leveraging the tools that are out there. These guys are heavy hitters here. They, they can they can show you where you stand at least um, at, at zero cost, show you where you stand, especially if you're critical infrastructure like a hospital or like a, a water system or a treatment system or what have you. Leverage these guys. They're there for you. Right? Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. Next Saturday, we're going to have the FBI. Connor Phoenix, Special Agent Connor Phoenix, will be joining us from the FBI. Uh, talking to you about the other side of the equation, which is the bad guys. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that as well. I want to thank Carolyn for producing. I want to thank all you guys for calling in this Saturday morning and, and thank Dennis for posting everything on our show live and Mike G for posting everything over there on Facebook and Twitter. So thanks again. And remember, we want you to be geeks too. See you guys next Saturday. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.